Well, good morning, church. It's it's great to be here with you. It's great to to be sharing God's word with you. If you if you're not sure who I am, uh, I kind of worked this out the other day. I think the last time I preached was Mother's Day. Um, so it's been a while. Um, my name is Mark. I'm the acting youth pastor here at Sterling. And yeah, today, Matt, so grateful you didn't give me divorce last week. But but this week we have a as challenging of of a passage. And I think one that one that we we kind of all tend to to fall short of at points in our lives. So today we jump into the next giant, the giant of of keeping our oath. This may sound like a, a slightly random giant for, for Jesus to include, a slightly random topic to for us to, to address. If you like me, I don't run around daily having to sign affidavits of, of giving my oath for, for what has happened. I'm not, I'm not often called into court to be a witness and testify under oath. The idea of swearing, the idea of, of, of keeping an oath may be slightly removed from our context, may be slightly removed from, from what we consider normal. However, we, we can simplify this a whole lot. And, and when we simplify it, it becomes clear to us that, that daily we fall short of this. The topic that we all understand, the topic that we all know so well, and the giant that Jesus is tackling today is simply keeping our word. Simply keeping our word. That our yes is our yes and our no is our no. It's a real giant in Jesus' day that we're going to look at, but it's also a giant in our day. It's a giant that, that we definitely face daily. As I've been preparing and as I've been thinking, uh, I really feel that we've, we've got this ingrained skepticism to, to things that go on around us. So often we... We listen to people's statements. We listen to their promises that we, they make. We listen to the, the promises that they make again and again and again. And so often we sit there or we stand there and go, I've heard this all before. Let's see what happens this time. If you're like me, I often read News 24 and, and I read some of the promises that are, that are thrown out by people. And my gut response, my gut reaction is, is I've heard this all before. Let's see what happens this time. We're so used to the, the breaking of, of promises, the breaking of word, that, that it, we become null to it, we become, we become numb to it, that, it, that it's not something that affects us often. Someone breaks their promise to us and we kind of just brush it off and carry on. However, Jesus is calling us to more, church. Jesus is calling us to, to live and walk by the Spirit, to live and walk not by the ways of this world, not to be happy and not to be satisfied with his ways, the ways of this world. But rather, he's calling us to something more. He's calling us to a higher standard. A higher standard that, that we can't achieve by ourselves. But rather, a higher a standard that we can achieve by living through the Spirit. So if you're not there already, Matthew 5, where we've been, in, where we've been camping for a while. Matthew 5, verse 33 to 37 says these words. And again, you have heard it said to those of old, you should not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I, Jesus, says to, say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for this is the throne of God, or by earth, for this is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for this is his city, the city of our great king. Do not swear an oath by a hair on your head, 
For you, can, you cannot make a hair black or white. Let what you say simply be yes or no. Anything more than that comes from the evil one. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word. Lord, thank you that your word is, is not just a book that, that's on our desk, but, but rather it's living and active. Your word is, is there for, for our correction, for our teaching, for, for our instructing in righteousness. So, Lord, we just pray now that, that your word will speak to, to each of us, Lord, that your word will, will address those, those giants in our heart, the giants that, that so often we, we try hard away. So, Lord, I, I pray for this in your name. Amen. Jesus starts his statement as he has started the, the other giants. You have heard that it was said. In other words, Jesus starts his teaching on keeping our word by reminding those hearers that were there for the first time, reminding them of, of what they had heard in the past, what they had heard from, from the law. And Jesus sums it up and he says this, You shall not swear falsely, but you shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. An interesting point about Jesus' statement that he makes here is, is he doesn't directly quote a single scripture from the law. He doesn't directly quote a single, a single verse, but rather he, he makes a broad statement. But for the years who heard this, this wasn't a statement that was, was out of the blue. This wasn't a statement that, that maybe didn't make sense. Because ultimately it could be seen that, that Jesus' statement sums up the whole law and what the law has to say regarding keeping your word or regarding an oath. It, it is simply that, that you should not swear falsely. And when you do swear, do it. Jesus sums it up in, in that. Do it because you're performing it to the Lord. You're not just performing it to man. A, a brief, a brief look at, at four verses just that give us a great idea of, of what the law required when, when taking an oath. Exodus 20 verse 7, the, the third commandment. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. This doesn't just apply to blasphemy. This doesn't just describe to, apply to the times we, we use Jesus or God's name as a swear word. But rather, it also describes the times where we break an oath made in God's name. When we break an oath that, that we sworn by God's name that we would do, ultimately it brings dishonor to the name of God and we use God's name in vain. God's name that is so holy that Israel would not speak it is brought into dishonor by, by our lack of faithfulness in keeping our word. Leviticus 19 verse 12 God warns his people not to swear falsely by his name because God wants his name to be kept holy. So, so in other words, he's saying, don't, don't go throw my name around and bring it into disrepute. Don't go throw my name around and make it unholy by your bad actions. Numbers 30 verse 2 says, If a man vows or makes, makes an oath, he shall not break his word and he shall be required to do all that proceeds out of his mouth. In other words, it's binding. In other words, God is warning you, watch your words. Watch what you say. Because the promise you make is the promise you're going to have to keep. The promise that you make is required by you to, required for you to keep. And then Deuteronomy 23 verse 21. I think one of the scarier ones that, that the law has to say about keeping our words. It says, if you make a vow, do not delay in fulfilling it. So if you promise to do it, do it quickly. Why? Because the Lord requires it of you. 
oaths are not to be taken lightly, but, but rather they are, be, they are there to be fulfilled. You are there to do it quickly. And the verse carries on to say, failing to do so is counted against you as sin. It's not a light matter keeping our word, but rather it's something that, that we are called to. We are called to, we are called to keep our word, church. The small study is kind of the sum of, of what Jesus says. Do not swear falsely, but rather do what you performed as unto the Lord. And we see from, from Jesus' statement and just from the study that, that there's two major points when it comes to keeping our oath or keeping our word. Our word is that oaths are serious and are to be kept. They are not to be taken lightly. And secondly, that oaths are binding and failure to fulfill them is counted against us as sin. Therefore, this is, this is not a light statement that, that Jesus makes. Jesus warns the crowd, do not swear falsely, but perform what you have sworn unto the Lord. The reverse side of, of, of or the positive side of, of what Jesus is saying is that a well-kept oath, a, a well-kept promise, a, a well, a fulfilled statement brings honor to the name of God. God is glorified by by us keeping our word. God is glorified by Israel keeping their word. So Jesus' statements remind those who heard this that, that keeping our word is, is a serious business. But also at the same time, as we look at these giants, we, we see these are giants that, that Jesus addresses, not just because of, of, of what the word says, but also what the Pharisees were doing, what the Pharisees had, had turned keeping oaths into. I picture it this way, that the Pharisees all got together for, for their annual meeting. And they sat down, and, and the first point of order on, on the agenda was, was this business of keeping oaths. And they must have sat there and chatted for hours and, and come to the conclusion that, that keeping oaths are, is a very weighty matter. It's a serious business. God calls us to, to keep our word. So they looked for a loophole as the Pharisees did with divorce, with lust, with anger. They looked for a loophole that, that could get them out of it. They looked for a loophole that, that how, how, do I, how do I beat around the bush to, to get out of this? And the loophole that they found, or the loophole that they created, I should say, was that circumstances alter cases. They said you couldn't really just put a blanket statement over, over this whole business, but rather you needed to look at each one individually. And that way... It, it would be better to, to come up with a new formula. They thought that the new formula that they came up with was instead of swearing by God's name, by, by God's holy name, which the law required, they would start to swear by lesser things. This way God's name was kept holy. This way God's name was still honored. So they would start to swear by heaven. Heaven is an important place, but not as important as the name of God. They would swear by earth. Because it wasn't as important as heaven and, and nearly not and not and nowhere near as important as God's name. Jerusalem was just a little part of the earth. So definitely less important than the earth or the heavens or God's name. And finally, they would swear by the hairs on their own head. For the Pharisees, this was as far from the name of God that you could get. Therefore, they were safe. This formula sounds great in practice, that, that they wanted to honor God's name. They wanted to keep God's name holy. Except the, the formula started to change. 
the other end of the equation started to read like this. The closer to God's name, the more binding the oath was. In other words, the loophole was this. If you didn't swear by God's name, there was a way out. If you didn't swear by God's name, there was a, there was a, there was a bridge that you could still run across. So to swear by heaven meant you had 80% chance that the person was actually going to do it. To swear by the hairs on your head was pretty much a nice way of going, go find someone else to do it because I'm really not. Even though I promised you I'm going to do it, I'm really not. And when you come and confront me about it, I can go, well, I only swore by the hairs on my head, not by God's name. Therefore, it's not binding. And this is the issue that Jesus speaks into. The Pharisees that pretty much taught people that there was no need to keep your word. Keeping our word was, was not a priority. But rather they, they taught the people that, that taking an oath was the justification that they needed to lie. By taking an oath, there was, there was no need for it to be binding if you didn't do it in God's name. Therefore, you could say whatever you want and, and not actually have to do it. Therefore, keeping our word became so far from, from what God intended it to be. And the truth is, this is not far removed from our situation that we find ourselves in today. The number of broken promises, the number of, of times we've been let down by people who have promised, who have, who have done the infamous, infamous pinky promise. You know, the, the promise that binds everything. And then they've let you down. You know, we're not, we're not far away from, from people not, we're not far away from situations where people don't keep their word in business, in the home, in family. But we see that Jesus steps in and Jesus surpasses the law. He surpasses what the law has to say. In, in verse 20 of, of Matthew 5, we, we are told that our righteousness needs to exceed that of the Pharisees. So when it comes to keeping an oath, how do we exceed the, the righteousness of the Pharisees? And Jesus tells us this in verse 34. He says, do not take an oath at all. However, the question we need to ask about this statement is, is it a concrete statement? So in other words, is this a, a statement that doesn't move or shift? Is it, is it like the, the break wall at the harbor? It, it's been there and it's going to be there. Is this a statement that, that Jesus makes that, that there's no way around. And some would argue yes. Some would say this is a, a concrete statement. This is a statement that Jesus made that stands for all time. Because of this, they will never swear an oath. They will never testify in court. They will never write out an affidavit. They will not do anything that causes them to, to swear. But what issue does this create? If, if this is a concrete statement, if, if this is a statement that doesn't move, if this is a statement that, that, that Jesus is saying, do not take an oath at all, it creates two, two simple issues. Firstly, as we, last week when we spoke about divorce, when we spoke about the topic of divorce, we see that Jesus makes a huge deal about marriage. Why? Because marriage is an oath. Marriage is a covenant. On the 7th of July, I stood, I must have been somewhere about yeah, I think. Hey, yeah, no, I was a bit nervous. I can't remember the exact spot. But I stood about here and faced my bride this way. And, and I, made a, I made a vow. I made my covenant. I made my promise. To her, before the people standing here, but ultimately before God. Before God, I, I promised to love her in sickness and in health. Till death do us part. 
it's not it's not a light statement and and if we take Jesus' words here of do not take a covenant at all, those words are made mean nothing. Those words, those promises are made before God are nothing. It is ultimately not the ring on my finger that proves I'm married or the certificate that I still need to go fetch from home affairs. But rather it, it, it is the covenant, it is the oath that I made before God that says I am married. And that is and that is my bride whom I will love. The second issue that this creates, if we view this as a concrete statement, is that past this point in Scripture, there are still references to people taking oaths. The first one throws a spanner in the work because the first person to take an oath after the statement is Jesus himself. In, in Matthew 26, verse 63, he stands before the high priest. He stands before the high priest in the court of law, under oath, and the high priest says, are you the son of God? And Jesus replies, his only words he says in this whole case, it is, it is as you say. In other words, I am the son of God. Under oath, I testify that I am the son of God. Paul in Romans 1 verse 9 says, let God be my witness that I do not stop praying for you. In other words, if you don't believe me that I don't stop praying for you, go ask God, he will testify for me. He's the one who will, will bring account for that. And finally, throughout Scripture, we, we see that God swears by His own name, Old and New Testament. It's great because there's no name higher than the name of God. Therefore, He needs to swear by His own name and His own character. So, which leads us into today's sermon. That was the intro. I have one more point than Nikki, but they're really short, so, so hang in there. If this is not a concrete statement, then, then what is it? What, what is Jesus calling us to? What does this, this statement mean for us today as the church? Firstly, Jesus is calling us to, to surpass the righteousness of the Pharisees, who ultimately used God's name to make themselves look better. For them, they were more concerned about their own name and reputation than the name of God. They would make simple oaths in the name of God and then keep them. And then walk around telling everyone how they kept their oath. How they promised that, that they would get up from the chair in God's name and then they would get up and go, look, I kept my word. In other words, they, they turned this idea of, of keeping oaths into to one of the first game shows that ever existed. They would strive to get as many points as they could in a day in order to look more righteous than those around them how they would keep their oath to, to make their name and their reputation look so much better. This is why Jesus turns their own formula on them. He says to swear by heaven, it's still important because this is God's throne. To swear by earth, this is God's footstool. To swear by Jerusalem, this is God's holy city. And to swear by the hairs of your own, on your own head, ultimately God is in control of that as well. He determines which ones, which ones stay and which ones go and which ones change color. He, he's the one who's in control of that, not you. I don't know about you, but, but I've never like tried to make a gray hair grow and it just appears. However, I went for a haircut this week and my hairdresser informed me that there were more than there were the last time I got a haircut. So, so I felt like the sermon was relevant for me in that point. But what Jesus is calling us here is he's calling us to keep our words. As unto God. 
the simple truth or the simple question is this. If you were to remove the oath, if you were to remove the promise of, I will do this in God's name, would people still believe you? If you were to get rid of the oath completely, would people still believe your word? Yeah, so if people were to, if you remove the oath formula, if you were to, if you were to stand at your word and go, do you trust me on my word alone? Is, is our character, is our, is there something behind it that, that people will, will, will believe us on? Or do they just believe us because we've, we've used a great formula to, to make it, make this oath? And therefore does it, that's what people trust us because of. Secondly, Jesus is, is concerned regarding the name of God regarding the honor of the name of God. Jesus wants to, to swear falsely, or not, not to swear falsely, because what we swear, regardless of the formula that's used, is unto the name of the Lord, is unto God's name. Ultimately, he tells us not to swear at all, but rather let your yes be your yes, and your no be your no. Why? Because this brings honor to God. This is, this is what glorifies God's name. When when our yes is our yes and our no is our no. The Westminster Shorter Catechism starts with this question. I think the question we know so well. What is the chief end of man? What is the purpose of man? Why are we here? And the answer is man's chief is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And as we, as we keep our word, as we, as we honor our, our promises, by our yes being our yes and our no being our no, we bring glory to God, church. We, we glorify His name. If we are serious about upholding the name of God in our lives, then there's no need for us to take oath. There's no need for, for us to, to make these promises, but rather Jesus says, just let your yes be yes and your no be no. By our words, we, we honor God. By our words, we, we bring honor to God. By keeping our words, we, we become credible. We become credible witnesses of God. One of the questions that, that is on your pamphlet, that was on your chair, I think it's week six. Why, why trust Christianity when it's full of so many hypocrites? Church, what a, what a sad statement of our faith. That, that people look at us and they go, actually what you say and what you do are two different things. Or what you call me to do and what you're doing are two different things. When we keep our word, we, we bring honor to God, but ultimately we become witnesses that, that honor God. By keeping our word, by letting our yes be our yes and our no be our no, as we go out and become witnesses for Christ, as we, we go out and tell others, there's, there's no gray areas. Our yes is our yes and our no is our no. The third point is this. Jesus reminds us how easy we can grieve the Spirit by our words. Artie Kendall rightly says that, that the whole Sermon of the Mount is the teaching of, of, of what a spirit-filled life looks like. How easy it is to, to make throwaway promises. How easy it, is it for us to, to justify our unkept words. We always have an excuse when, when we haven't done what we said we'll do. We always come up with another whole story of why it wasn't done. And this is not a result of, of walking in the Spirit, but rather this is a result of, of following the ways of the world. Why? Because walking in the Spirit produces character. 
It produces integrity. It produces honesty. And it produces truthfulness. Walking in the Spirit allows our yes to be our yes and our no to be our no. Our character speaks, speaks loud. When we say yes, it's yes. And people know that and they can see that and it can depend on us. We don't need to make a formula. We don't need to come up with a... We don't need to swear by, by somebody's grave for them to believe us that we're going to do this. But rather our character speaks loud. That when we say yes, they, they trust us. But the same is for our no. I think sometimes we... As Christians, we, we often could be seen as, as yes men or, or yes people, where, where we kind of we feel bad to say no in, in situations. But yeah, Jesus says, let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. Let your character speak loud enough that when you say no, you draw the line in the sand for what you believe. You draw the line in the sand for, for who you are and, and how you're going to represent Christ. The line is, is to show where you stand and what you're going to stand for. This morning in the prayer meeting, the one phrase stuck out that, that I just I had to put in, that, that we are called to be ambassadors for Christ. If we are to reflect Christ to the world, how well are we doing it? Are people looking at us going, well, there's another unkept promise, there's another unkept word. Are they looking at us and going, there's honesty, there's integrity, there's character. And that doesn't come by, by our own efforts. But rather, there's got to be something behind it. Church, let the Spirit guide our daily conversations. Let the Spirit be the filter through which we speak. Let our yes be our yes and our no be our no. Don't allow for any middle ground. Don't allow for any loopholes to be present. Fourthly, Jesus warns that our speech is an easy entry point for the devil to get in. James, in, in his book, writes it so well when he talks about the power of the tongue. He tells us that it's a very small thing, but so is the rudder of a ship and it turns the whole ship. So is a single match that starts a whole forest fire. Just because it's small doesn't mean we don't need to take care of what we say. As we walk in the Spirit, we, we need to become sensitive to the Spirit's leading and promptings. Often we, we think of that phrase and we go, well, you know, the Spirit prompted me to go and speak to someone. But often we also need to think about the fact that the Spirit tells us what to say. And let our speech be, be filtered by the Holy Spirit. Let, this, let the Spirit be the one who, who leads and guides us. To give you an example, recently I bought an espresso machine. It's the best decision of my life. After, after following Christ and getting married. But... But it's amazing because I think I've already saved money this week and I don't have a relationship with the lady at the coffee shop anymore. But, but the magic of, the, of, of an espresso machine is, is you grind up the coffee, you, you put it into the group head, which is the fancy name for the thing with the handle where you put the coffee. You, you tamp it down, you, you put it into the machine and you press the button and, and the magic happens. And, and, and all this ground coffee produces this goodness of 60 mils of, of coffee. But the greatest part about it is, is in between it, there's a filter. If you don't use that filter, if you don't use that little stainless steel cup, your coffee at the bottom tastes like your cereal because you're going to have to chew through it. And that, that filter does an amazing job of, of keeping the coffee where it needs to be and the goodness in the bottom of the cup. And for me, I, I was making coffee this week and, and I thought to myself, 
in the nicest way possible. That is what the Holy Spirit needs to be for us. Let the Spirit be the filter through which we speak. What comes out of our mouth is the goodness. From the heart the mouth speaks. Let the, let the Spirit stir our hearts. Let the Spirit change our speech that, that we honor God by what we say. That we don't just make throwaway statements that, that we feel aren't important. Because each word we have, each word we say will be judged. Therefore, let our speech be filtered by, by the Spirit. Let our speech be, be infused by, by the Spirit that, that is not us that speaks, but Him that speaks to us. That, that we guard our hearts, we guard our mouth. Fifthly, the, we come into the end. Jesus is calling us to a higher standard. This is not a standard that, that we set for ourselves, or it's not a standard that we, we achieve by human effort, but rather it's a standard of, of a standard as a result of living out what we have already received. The, stand, the standard of, of the standard is set by, by Jesus' work in, in our hearts, that, that our lives are changed. And therefore, our character is changed. We live out of that. Our actions speak on our behalf. We, we become a new creation. So when we answer yes, the, the answer is yes. And when we say no, we don't change our minds. Or we don't say no to one group, but yes to another group. Simply, our character is, is solid because of the work that, that has happened in our lives already. Jesus is calling for, for our lives and my life. So, so we, we're all in this boat together is, is to reflect him to the world around us. Our calling is to make disciples. Not just to find a guy in the church who, who wants to know more about Jesus, but, but rather to find those who, who don't know Jesus and bring them into faith. Our, our job is to, to go out to the world, to, to love out. What a, what a great testament we have when when we go and portray a holy God, a God who keeps his word, when we ourselves keep our word. Recently, again, I, I've heard a story of a, of a person being burnt by a Christian business owner. Wow, church. We're called to be the light of the world. We're called to be the salt of the earth. We're called to reflect Christ to those around us. But often by our speech, we become the worst representations of Christ to the world by what we say, by, by the promises we make that we fail to keep. Church, Jesus is calling us to a standard of, of let our yes be our yes and our no be our no. There's, there's nothing in between those words. There's, there's, no, there's no middle ground. There's, there's no loophole that, that we can find. Rather, it's clear. And finally, the, the perfect example that we can look to. God, the, the one who keeps his word. The one whose yes is yes and no is no. The one who, who promised to send a savior and he kept it by sending Jesus. The, Jesus, the, the one who lived on the earth to be our example, our example that we can follow in our speech. The one who lived on the earth so that he could sympathize with us as we, as we go through difficulties. But ultimately, the, the one who died on the cross and was raised to life on the third day. That in Him we can have new life. And this is a, there's a promise that is so true in Scripture. It says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And, and we can trust that statement because for God, His yes is His yes and His no is His no. God doesn't change. He doesn't have mood swings. He doesn't shift or, 
One day it's good enough and the next day it's not. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Therefore, forever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The same God who, who promised his son, the, the same God who promises new life in Christ, is the same God who promises us new life in Christ. We are a new creation, and as this new creation, we do not walk as we once did. We do not walk by the ways of the world, but rather we walk by the Spirit. We walk with the Spirit as our God, as the one who prompts us, the one who corrects us, and the one who reminds us of this new life that we have. It is through the work of the Spirit that our yes can be our yes and our no can be our no. And as Jesus says, there's no need to keep an oath if our yes is our yes and our no is our no. There's no need for us to swear by anything. Why? Because we seek to uphold the name of God. We want to bring glory to His name and not our own. Therefore, we allow our speech to be filtered by the Spirit. We allow what comes out of our mouth to, to be from God and not ourselves. And eight, as we, as we wrap up, we, we have this opportunity of, of going into a time of communion. A, a time where we remember what, what God has done by sending Jesus. The, the God whose promise of, of a Savior came to. The God who, who promises us a new life and here we stand in it. And a God who, who, who promises that one day we will be with Him. Those in Christ will be with Him. And, and we believe that and we can hold on to that. And as we, as we wrapped up our worship time, we, we sung that song. Hallelujah, I live my life in remembrance. Hallelujah, your promises I won't forget. Church, today we, we have a time to, to call to account the promises of God. A and we know that, that God is a God whose yes is yes and his no is no. He's not going to change his mind. The salvation that we have in him is secure. And we can glorify Him and we can worship Him and we can honor Him because His yes is His yes and His no is His no. And there's, there's nothing that we can add to, to make Him better. He's, he's already there. So the, the deacons are going to hand out communion and, and we'll take it together as a, as a congregation, as, a, as an opportunity to, to worship God together, but ultimately to remember what He's done, the promises that, that He has made that have come true. And, and ultimately to remind ourselves of the promises that are coming. So let me pray, and then they'll hand out the, the communion. So Lord, we just thank you for, for who you are. Thank you for your word. Lord, thank you that in you we have new life. We, we can come before you boldly because of your, your, your son's work on the cross. Lord. So Lord, I just pray now that, that as we go into this time of communion, that, that we remember who you are, Lord, the, the promise-making God who, who keeps his word. So, Lord, we just thank you for that. We pray for this in your name. Amen.